This is the third edition of the TNA Impact Wrestling Analysis. My name is Levi D. Smith and I'm coming to you from the Knoxville, Tennessee area. I want to thank everyone again for listening last week. Uh, actually, a bit of good news. Uh, submitted the podcast to iTunes, and it now is officially a podcast on iTunes. So you just go there, type in TNA Impact Analysis, and you can subscribe. Uh, you can view the last two episodes that I've posted there. And if anybody has any problems getting to it, just let me know, and I can look into it. But, uh, yeah, be sure to go out there, check it out. Uh, already got quite a few subscribers. Really happy with that for the podcast only being up there for a few days. So thanks, everyone, for checking it out on iTunes. So this week in TNA Impact. So for the review this week, we actually had a big, exciting episode of Impact. This was the annual Destination X show uh, which was free and on spike tv and yeah this show was actually so good i watched it twice a lot of action in the show and uh just really exciting night of impact wrestling um the crowd was really into it the entire night and saw a lot of big returns and a lot of surprises so the show started out with a promo with dixie carter and she was accompanied by EC3 and Rockstar Spud and also Rhino. And also her new two new hired guns came out as well. And they were actually wearing like Dixieland t-shirts. So I thought that was kind of funny, kind of unique. I mean, kind of shows that they were bought and paid for. So I like that. Dixie Carter came out and started uh, antagonizing the crowd with the ECW chants and saying that her group is the true army of extreme and that EC3 is the true hardcore champion. And they officially introduced the two new guys to TNA Impact Wrestling. EC3 said that they do not use random name generators and... The one guy, his name is Rick Lawn, which is actually his real name, formerly known as Ezekiel Jackson, and also Snitsky, who is still going by his real name, Gene Snitsky. The first match of the night, we saw the Wolves take on the Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys reuniting for the first time in a while. Uh, this match did have the tag team championship on the line, and yeah, pretty much this was. Bodies flying around the entire match. A lot of impressive moves. Uh, and actually, the last time we actually saw Matt Hardy in TNA Impact, it was a couple of years ago. He was in Immortal, and he had Ric Flair as his manager, and he went by the name Cold Blood at the time. So he got into a little bit of trouble. He was let go, but he's back in TNA Impact Wrestling now. So, once the match started, there was a lot of great action. Saw Eddie Edwards. He did a really great move. He did a double Hunicunrata on both Hardy Boys. And then both of the Wolves did a su double suicide dive outside the ring on the Hardy Boys. So, back and forth through the entire match. There was a really great move where one of them did a German suplex to a jackknife cover. Never seen that move done before. 
And also, Matt and Jeff had a... They called the move the ice pick, uh, a submission move. And both Hardy Boys did that move at the same time on the wall. So, got a great reaction from the crowd. And the match ended... With the Wolves, I thought they were going for a Doomsday device, the old move by the Legion of Doom, or the, also known as the Road Warriors, but it was kind of inverted, and what happened was Davey Richards came off the top rope and did a backstabber uh, on the Hardy Boy when, uh, when Eddie Edwards was holding him up on the shoulder. So it was kind of like a backstabber, but it was more painful because he was coming off the other guy's shoulder. So, great match. The Wolves ended up winning, and there was a show of respect from the Wolves to the Hardy Boys. This was followed by the X Division qualifiers. So there were three-way uh, th- uh, three X Division matches uh, through the show, and the winner of those three matches will go on to compete for the X Division, the vacated X Division Championship on next week's impact. So the first of these qualifiers we saw Loki. Loki did a promo before the match. One thing I really liked about this promo that were showing old footage of Loki, formerly known as Senshi, back from the early days of TNA. So TNA has like ten years of footage, over ten years of footage. So I, I like it when they actually go back and show some of the history behind these wrestlers. And before Loki came out, he had a stare down with Samoa Joe backstage. So there may be something going on uh, between those two down the line. And the match officially started between Loki, Manic, and DJZ. Loki, of course, got a great reaction from the crowd. Of course, he's from Brooklyn, so that was right in his backyard. A lot of great action. Saw one move. Manic had uh, DJZ in a leg submission. And then Loki came out and he started kicking uh, Manic. And when he kicked Manic, that also hurt DJZ as well. So it was like double the pain for one move. And uh, then he put him in the Northern Light Suplex. And whenever he did that, when Sinchi put that move on Manic, it hurt DJZ as well. So it was like really interesting to see there. Uh, and finally, Loki put the Key Crusher on. That's his finishing move. It looks sort of like a Cradle Suplex. So that was the move that he used to win the match. And he's going on to compete for the X Division Championship next week. This was followed by a, a segment with Cowboy James Storm. He came comes out and he claims to be the true legend, not Muda. And Storm now has Sonata as his protege. He is his mentor. And uh, kind of interesting, Storm came out. He actually has on his hat Rednecks Revolution. He's talking about starting a revolution, so that may be his latest gimmick, this redneck revolution thing. And in this match, we Sonata came out, and Sonata competed against Brian Cage and Crazy Steve. So the last time we saw Brian Cage, he was actually a gut check contestant in 2013. He competed against Jay Bradley in a match, And when it came down to it, the judges chose Jay Bradley over Brian Cage. But Brian Cage is back now. He looks like he's ready to compete. He looks like he's built pretty well. 
and haven't heard too many promos from him, so maybe we'll hear him speak uh, in the upcoming weeks. So a lot of action in this match. Saw Cage do a double fallaway slam with two guys. I mean, you really got to have some power. If you've seen Scott Hall, uh, when he does the fallaway slam, he basically has the guy between his arms, and he just falls backwards, and he throws the guy over his head backwards. So Brian Cage did this to both Sonata and Crazy Steve at the same time. So it was really impressive. Uh, so Sonata got the win over those two guys. Uh, the only complaint I have about this match, or actually before the match, Sonata definitely needs some new ring gear because, I don't know, the baby blue just doesn't work as a heel. And also, if the house shows are any indication, he's losing the orange hair color. So I don't know what to think about that. I thought it was kind of unique have, having a Japanese guy with orange hair, but uh, I think... Going by his natural black hair will get him over more as a heel. So this was followed up by a backstage segment between Bobby Roode and Austin Aries. Bobby Roode came out and wished Austin Aries luck. And Bobby Roode finally came out and said that Austin Aries beating him a few years ago was not a fluke when he beat him for the championship. And that's Bobby Roode's whole thing. He always said, yeah, you beat me, but it was a fluke. So he kind of... Finally came out and fessed up. No, it wasn't a fluke after all. So I think we're finally seeing Bobby Reed as a true face now for the foreseeable future. This was followed by Team 3D and Tommy Dreamer in the ring. They came out and they accepted the challenge from EC3 and his hardcore group. And they came out and this is Bully Ray's home turf. The crowd was really right. Rowdy, and he said he could start a riot right there if he wanted to. So, crowd was really into that promo. And Bully Ray came out and he said, Well, I'll accept your challenge, but it's only going to be on our terms. So, he proposed having an eight man extreme weapons hardcore war for next week. So, that should be really interesting. So, it's going to be Team 3D, Bully Ray, Devon, and Tommy Dreamer, and a third or a fourth mystery partner. So, not sure who that's going to be. And they're going to take on EC3's group. It's going to be EC3, Rhino, and the two new guys, Rick Lawn and Gene Snitsky. So, that sounds like that's going to be a pretty intense match there for next week. So this was followed by another X Division qualifier match. So in this match, we saw Samoa Joe. He was the surprise entrance, and uh, he took on Homicide, the returning Homicide, another Brooklyn native. So he was really over with the crowd, and also Tigre Uno. So Homicide, we haven't seen him around in a while. Last time we saw him was actually almost a year ago at Destination X. 2013, and he took on Petey Williams and Sanjay Dutt. And this was followed by a promo by Abyss. So Abyss, he's challenging Bram next week in a Monsters Ball match. So pretty much a hardcore match. I remember back in the day, they used to like lock the guys up, or that's at least what the story was. They'd lock them up overnight or a weekend, and they wouldn't be able to eat. So they were... Uh, more hungry and more bloodthirsty, but uh, so it's going to be a monsters ball match. And Abyss says he is going to bring Janice with him to the ring. And 
it was kind of funny. Abyss actually breaks out into a 1964 Temptation song of My Girl. So that's the way he introduced Janice was by singing My Girl. And this was followed by the main event, the big main event for the evening. Austin Aries using the option C to compete for the World Heavyweight Championship. So it's a really good match, but Aries just was not no match for Lashley there. Uh, I think Lashley, man, he could be like TNA's version of Goldberg. I mean, he's just that big of a monster, kind of built the same way as Goldberg. So Lashley just pretty much dominated Aries the entire match. Aries did get a few uh, offensive flurries in there. One time, Lashley looked like he's just going to totally run over Aries with the spear, but Aries was able to uh, reverse the spear into the last chancery. But Lashley was able to break out of it, and and also Aries was able to put Lashley in the brainbuster, but. There, in the end, Aries went for it all. Lashley was really in on the outside of the ring, but uh, Aries went for a suicide dive to the outside of the ring, completely missed Lashley, and Aries goes face first into the guardrail. I don't see how he survived that. So, Aries was just out of it then. Lashley puts the spear on Aries, and Lashley gets the one, two, three to retain the TNA World heavyweight championship so this was actually the first time that the person cashing in the the x division championship using option c was not able to win the heavyweight championship and so it'll be interesting to see where they go from here lashley they said he's actually going to be competing in mma in bellator in september so it'll be interesting to see if they keep him champion i'm Assuming he will be champion up until September and then see where they go after that, after his MMA match. So time for the ratings. So this week, TNA Impact had 1.383 million viewers. That's just slightly down from the ratings last week. It was a wrestling intensive shows and typically those do get... Uh, slightly fewer viewers than the ones uh, with less wrestling and more storyline, but still a solid rating. I think they're still capitalizing on the momentum that they have. Actually, in the target demographics, the 18 to 34-year-olds, they were 17th uh, in the cable ratings, and for the 18 to 49-year-old demographic, they were 11th. So they're really close to breaking the top 10 in those target demographics, which is great news so they just need to keep it up and do what they're doing and they'll be up there in the top before no time so now for a new segment in tna wrestling analysis so this is this week in tna history so 10 years ago in august 2004 this week we saw Jeff Jarrett confronting Jeff Hardy, and he actually put Jeff Hardy in a figure four leg lock, and Ron Killings came out for the save, and we saw a big eight-man X-Division tag team match. We saw Kid Cash teaming up with Kazarian, Michael Shane, and Pity Williams. They defeated Christopher Daniels, Primetime Eaglet Skipper, Sanjay Dutt, and Chris Sabin, and they got the win when... Petey Williams put the Canadian Destroyer on Sanjay Dutt. 
This week, five years ago, we saw the main event mafia form an alliance with the World Elite. The World Elite was composed of Eric Young, Sheikh Abdul-Bashir, Kiyoshi, Brutus Magnus, Doug Williams, and Rob Terry. And also, Matt Morgan defeated AJ Styles in a best-of-three series. And also, Dr. Stevie put a $50,000 bounty on Abyss. And finally, in the main event of Impact, Sting defeated Brutus Magnus with the Scorpion Deathlock. This week, one year ago, TNA, TNA Impact originated from Wichita Falls, Texas. And this was the big August 1 warning show. And great build-up for that surprise. It wasn't covered on TV, but if you follow the internet, they had videos that came out every day. They said that the TNA offices received these mysterious packages with these videos and as a shadowy figure in this disguised, computer-disguised voice. And he says, yes, I'm coming to TNA Impact. Nobody knew who it was, why he would be there, but just kept seeing these videos that were released every day. And on August 1st, on Thursday, they revealed that it was Tito Ortiz, the MMA superstar. And this was to be a part of them building up the MMA match between Tito Ortiz and Rampage Jackson. But unfortunately, those guys were pulled from Impact Wrestling shortly after, so we never did get resolution in TNA for that feud. And also on that edition of Impact, we saw a champion versus champion match. The recently crowned new world heavyweight champion, Chris Saban, who won the world championship at Destination X, took on the X Division champion, Manic, and Chris Saban was able to come out victorious in that match. <laughs> Now on to news and rumors. So, one bit of news, Chris Melendez was recently signed to TNA Impact Wrestling. And this is the guy who is the Army Sergeant, fought overseas, and he also uh, only has one leg. He has one uh, prosthetic leg. So, I've uh, seen a little bit of video of this guy. It looks like he's smooth in the ring and... Uh, He'll be wrestling in this new set of tapings that are taking place this week. We had the first new set of tapings last night. There'll be a new taping tonight, Wednesday night, and then one more Impact taping tomorrow night. So I think it's great. Chris Melendez getting out there, promoting TNA Impact Wrestling. He was actually on Fox and Friends this week, which is, has millions of viewers promoting TNA Impact Wrestling. And I just think that these guys are doing a great job of promoting TNA uh, I hate to bash Hulk Hogan, but he was in TNA for like three years and never really did plug TNA when he was on these big-time shows. So it's great. These guys like Chris Melendez and Showtime Eric Young, he's been in, in on the media, on network television, promoting TNA. So I think if these guys keep it up, then it'll get more people informed of TNA and get more viewers. Interesting bit they had on Impact this week. I don't think this is really a spoiler, but uh, if you think it is, then you may not want to listen for the next minute or so. But there was this mysterious promo during Impact, and it just flashed up warning, warning in red letters, like 
a nuclear meltdown or something is about to happen. So after that, they showed this mysterious picture of someone wearing it looked like a gas mask. And then they had these letters that were continually just flickering and changing. And it looks like it's spelling out a message. So then after it did that, the first letter stopped and it's, it was an H. So if you don't want to know, don't listen for the next few seconds. But it's been pretty much speculated and confirmed this is a female wrestler known as Havoc, Jessica Havoc. So she should be joining TNA here in the upcoming weeks. And I looked into a little bit of the history of Havoc, and she was actually a star in WSU, which is Women's Superstars Uncensored. And she was a two-time champion there. She was a one-time spirit champion and one-time tag team champion. So sounds like she's a great competitor. Saw some of her work. She looks very sharp. Looks like a brawler. Really interested in seeing her getting in the ring and impact wrestling. Mixing it up with the other knockouts. Maybe taking on Gail Kim or Madison Rain. Or she has the number of competitors she can go up against. And she was also rated number four. Number four in the best 50 female single wrestlers in 2003. I believe that was by Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So back to our regular news and rumors. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk out there about who can help TNA. There's been some speculation. Jim Ross recently announced that he's no longer working for the competition. So some people are saying, hey, maybe TNA should go out and get Jim Ross. Maybe he'll be able to help. Or maybe they can get other guys. I know Jim Cornette, they could possibly bring him in. But, you know, I've been thinking about it. And when Monday Nitro, one, once it really caught on fire, nobody knew who Eric Bischoff was at the time. And when the competition, when they were on fire, nobody knew who Vince Russo was. So I don't think going to the past and getting these guys that have been there, and I don't think they're really going to help TNA. I think they're going to need somebody with new ideas to bring fresh ideas into the company. No telling who that's going to be. Or maybe it's somebody already with the company, but but I, I don't think those guys are really going to help TNA. One thing that I think that would help some of their pay-per-views, back in the day, back in the early days of TNA, they had Barry Scott. Uh, he's done a lot of voice work, has a great voice for pay-per-views, and I wish they would just bring him back and do some of the voiceovers for the pay-per-views, because he really gave the pay-per-views that big-time feel. So I think that's one thing they could do to help the pay-per-views. And so another bit of news, Robbie E. and Brooke Adams, also known as Brooke Tessmacher, they will be competing in the CBS show The Amazing Race. Now, I've never actually seen this show before, but I read up a little bit about it. And basically, they got to go around the world racing to different locations. They, it sounds like they use a number of different transport, transportation methods, such as running or using boats or planes and taxis, so that's something I'm definitely looking in, in, into seeing when it debuts in set, on September 26th. It will be shown on Friday nights at 8 p.m., so that's something definitely to check out. 
Uh, it sounds like they'll be competing for $1 million, so it sounds like that's a lot of fun. I remember one show I really liked a few years ago, it was called Bull Run. I think it was on Spike TV and also the Speed Channel, and it was host, hosted by Bill Goldberg. And It sounded like it had a similar concept where you had these teams that were racing different locations to get these clues to find out where they need to go next. So I'm, I am interested in seeing a show like that, so... Something definitely to check out. They're also promoting TNA, so I think that's great as well. And another bit of news, uh, it has been released uh, in a picture that the competition on their production truck, they're showing that their B-show is moving to Thursday nights at 8 p.m., so this will be... Uh, directly going up against TNA Impact. So it's going to be interesting if this is going to be like a new mini-war. Now, it won't be both hours going up against TNA Impact, but there will be some overlap between their B-show and the first hour of TNA Impact. So I'm thinking the competition, they're seeing TNA here, seeing the Rowdy fans, seeing everyone energized over there, and they're like, hey, we better put a stop to this. So it's like, they apparently worked with their network and got moved to Thursday night so they can compete directly with TNA Impact Wrestling. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to try to take a chunk of TNA viewers, no telling. So that should be very interesting. And also, next week on TNA, uh, they're promoting the hashtag, It Happens. They've been building up this confrontation between Bully Ray and Dixie Carter for like over four months now. So Bully Ray the whole time said, yeah, Dixie, I'm going to put you through a table for everything that you've done to me. So apparently this week, tomorrow night, on Thursday night, it's finally going to happen. They showed some teaser clips of this about to happen. So definitely tune in to see that. And yeah, I think that whole angle has just been built up well. We'll also see a new X Division champion crown. This will be the match between Loki, Samoa Joe, and Sonata. So if that's not enough TNA Impact Wrestling action for you, Extravaganza is on pay-per-view right now. So that's something I'm definitely going to check out. Sounds like it's going to be great. A lot of great X Division action on that show, so that's something definitely to check out. I think it's a little less than their regular pay-per-view since it's a one-night-only pay-per-view, so sounds like it's definitely going to be uh, worth your dollar to get that show. So that's all the news and rumors for this week. I appreciate everyone listening. Go out. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. If you want to follow me, I'm GatechGrad on Twitter. That's G-A-T-E-C-H-G-R-A-D. Uh, tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you don't like about the show. And just keep listening, and uh, I'll be back in a week. 